your Calgary Flames only play here. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Through 60 minutes and beyond the Flames talk. Post-game show starts now. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. All right, following a 2-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Pat Steinberg along with you. Let's go immediately to the Flames locker room and get some post-game reaction from Flames defenseman Chris Tanev. Chris, appreciate the time. Tight one, hard fought. How uh, how did you see this one this evening? Yeah, um, tied, tied going into the third again, and uh, we didn't get the job done. Um, it's been, been the story of the year thus far. What uh, in the third period, just the five shots on net, what what could the uh, group have done maybe a, a little bit more to, to push through how Toronto was protecting the one-goal lead there? I think we need more more pace, and, and we need to be five connected coming out of our end with, with speed. So we had some, some pace in their end when we dumped pucks and, and could get them back and just not let them go D to D, rim out, and then do the same thing all over again. Uh, tell us about the night for your goaltender. Just a, a really strong outing for Jacob Markstrom tonight from our vantage point. How did you see it? Yep, Marky was awesome. Uh, great all night. Just hate, hate that we we waste a effort like that from him. Got one more on this homestand, Chris. It's Minnesota on Saturday. Big one for your playoff chase. Just uh, and, I, and I know every game is huge for your group right now, but how does that one strike you in a couple nights? Yeah, I mean, as you said, every every game, every shift, every every period's uh, important, and uh, obviously, I think they're they're on a roll, so that they're playing good hockey, and we're gonna have to be uh, ready for the challenge. Chris, appreciate this. Good luck on Saturday. All right, thank you. That's Chris Tanev uh, post game following tonight's two one loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're underway on our Flames Talk post game show. It's Pat Steinberg, Peter Labardius, Derek Wills on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. If you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings, contact them today for a free estimate for all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Uh, Lou, a uh, uh, one-goal game, a one-goal loss, uh, a tight one, uh, but in the end, uh, the Flames come out on the wrong end. What do we make of uh, this one this evening? Well, what I make of it is I think Toronto showed why they're one of the elite teams in the league, and I don't think the Flames made it very easy on themselves. I'm looking forward to having a chance to ask Ryan Huska about it. I just thought Pat with the puck, they didn't manage it very well. I didn't think they were very connected as a group, and because of that, um, they were really never able to get much going on the attack, I thought, after really the first 10 minutes of the game, um, outside of a few shifts here or there. You know, in the game against Boston, they built a lot of shifts by getting through the middle, getting pucks in deep, and, you know, the Leafs are a really good team. And even what you heard or will hear from Daryl Sutter, again, if you missed it, is you do not want to feed their best players with any more offensive zone starts. They did because they couldn't make plays tonight, whether it was the forwards, whether it was the defense, um, and the Leafs played a masterful third, and I knew they'd be a lot better. They were not very good last night, and they knew it, and they were good tonight. I feel for Jacob Markstrom. We talked about it after the Bruins game on Tuesday. Uh, we thought uh, that he should get the ball and be given a chance to run with it. He is a guy who has been an elite goaltender in this league for a long time and I think has the higher ceiling at this stage of his career. And, 
Yesterday, Daryl Sutter basically said that he was going to give Jacob Markstrom a chance to get hot. And Jacob's played in 41 games this season. I'm not sure he's played a better game than he played tonight against one of the best teams in the league. He was the Flames' best player. He gave him a chance to win the hockey game, and they score one goal for him. And that's been an issue for him. Or maybe I should uh, rephrase that. That's been an issue for the team in front of him uh, in too many of his starts this season. I uh, like the first period. Liked the second period less, but didn't dislike it. I didn't see enough push in, in the third period. Five shots on goal uh, in a game that was 1-1, and then you're down 2-1 in. Uh, you need to generate more offensively, and uh, one goal is not going to beat many teams in this league, uh, certainly not a team as good as the Maple Leafs. Let's uh, continue along. It's uh, Pat, Derek, and Lou along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show, and we say hello to Flames assistant coach Ryan Huska. Uh, a tight one, uh, a really close one. How did you uh, evaluate it tonight, Husk? Yeah, it was tight. I mean, they're a team that doesn't give you a lot of space whatsoever, and I think that's one of the reasons why they do have some of the success that they do have. They have high-end skill as well, but the high-end skill uh, skates, and they they take away a lot of room, and tonight I thought they were very good with their sticks, too. They created a lot of turnovers on our part. A lot of that has to do with us, though, not managing the puck the right way. But um, the first two periods, I thought we, we had some push there. It was a good game, first two periods, and I thought they took over in the third period, and they just they made it hard on us to get anything done. Ryan, needless to say, they deserve a lot of credit for how they were really good detail-wise and connected. Were you as connected as you needed to be, whether it was defensemen making plays or defensemen having more support to make them? Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, I think that's why you saw the third period. We I don't know if we had a chance in the third period. And um, there's longer plays that get made into two or three checkers. And then the puck's being turned over, so you're, now you're coming back into your own zone again. You're under pressure again, so you start to throw pucks around the wall. So uh, to beat a team like that one, you have to do a really good job of playing together like five guys and it's the short pass or the short exit that allows you to have success and um, it also allows you to have numbers through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone and in the third period it was a lot of one one guy for us which which led to it being one and done a lot husk yesterday daryl sutter said that uh, and this is a paraphrasing that he yep. was going to give jacob markstrom a chance to get hot down the stretch yep. i thought he played his best game of the season tonight uh, what did you think i thought he was excellent too i mean there was uh he made the saves that he had to make. That's the first and foremost thing. But like, uh, you know, Marky is or true Marky, the way he, he can play, he makes some saves that he shouldn't. Um, and a night like tonight, he gave us a chance to win. And that's what you want out of him. That's what you expect out of him. And that's what he's capable of because he is elite. The hard part, um, I find a lot of times when you evaluate or uh, criticize Marky, um, a lot of the games that we've played in front of him, we've scored one goal. So it makes it really difficult on a goaltender at times to know that if he lets that second one in, um, that might be it. So you look at the way he played tonight, um, Wilsey, he gave us a chance to win. And that's that's what you wanted of him. And when he, f when he looks like that, he gives our team a lot of confidence. So that's what we assume we're going to get, you know, every, every time he's in the net from now on moving forward. To, to back up what you just said, in Jacob's 39 decisions this season, the team has scored 2.82 goals. Yeah. In Dan's 23, 3.65 goals. Yeah. That's alarming, isn't it? Well, no. I mean, it's 
I mean, it's not alarming anything to do with goaltender one or the other. It's got nothing to do with that. Um, it's it's sometimes the way the the game works for whatever reason. We've had a harder time scoring goals um, in front of Jake. Um, it's got nothing to do with no, no, that, which goaltender whatsoever. No, it's um, it's almost a statistical anomaly, but yeah. hasn't had a lot of goal support. No, is my point. He, yeah. he really hasn't, and and he really you know that's that's the reality of it. But um, he gave us a chance tonight. We didn't get the job done by scoring the goals or goal that we needed to have to put this one away. And when you're in a tight game, you also have to make sure you're detailed with your coverage. And we made one crucial, glaring mistake on their second goal, yeah. uh, and unfortunately, it ended up in the back of our net. With Ryan Huska, Flames assistant coach, following tonight's 2-1 setback. And, and a lot's been made this year about mm-hmm. one-goal games and, and how many you've played in them. How, how close do you feel to maybe being able to turn it so you, you start winning more of them here in the final quarter of the season? Yeah, that's the magic question, isn't it, right now? We, we've talked about it a lot. And I think you, in these situations, um, one, we got what we needed. That was the goaltending tonight. And then you need your your main players to to be your best players and uh, you know you look across the way and you can say what you want about their team um the you know in watching the game last night they got it handed to them um and their two best players had 16 shots between the two of them tonight (laughs) so you need your your top guys to find a way to be a difference maker some night it's not the easiest way when the games flow and go all around the ice some nights it's just making sure you get the job done on the defensive side Uh, the next night it might be banging and crashing at the net and finding a way to score it's just making sure that you understand the importance that you have as an individual to the team and you have to bring that um, your skill set to the table for us in a big way and and that's that's really what we need and I feel like when you get the saves like we got tonight and when guys really start pushing the envelope it, it switches and then and then you build from there I uh, can't let you leave the room without asking mm-hmm. you about and I know you got again into a spot tonight where you were down to five in the mm-hmm. third. Late in the third, yeah. Late in the third. Um, how have you liked Weger and Anderson? And probably yeah. uh, that's the only one I really need yeah. because we've seen quite a bit of Hannafin and Tanner. Yeah, I think uh, I, I've liked it. I really have. And I feel like it's uh, something new for the guys. And I think when we first put them together, uh, they had a little buzz amongst themselves too. Because you get used to playing with the same partner. And a lot of times that's a real positive thing. Because you know what your partner's going to do and where he's going to be on the ice. Um, at the same time, sometimes when you switch things up, I don't know, it's like a new girlfriend, I guess, if you want to put it <laughs> that way or something. Everything's new and fresh, um, and there's a little bit more excitement that get, gets created, and I feel like Mackenzie's got bite. And I, I think since Raz's unfortunate incident that he had, I feel like he's finding a way to bring um, – Mackenzie's finding a way to bring Raz into the fight again. And the last couple of games, Raz has been much better, more like his old self, in my opinion. That kind of snuck up on me that uh, Mackenzie Wieger's tied with Nikita Zadorov for the team leading hits, which uh, oh yeah, uh, I didn't know they were that close. He's but he's he's edgy and I he's he's passionate and he's a guy that wants to win. There's a lot to love about Mackenzie. Uh, you talked about uh, the Maple Leafs' two big guns, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. How they both had eight shots on goal tonight. I've got to ask you about a, a combination that I think has been great for the Flames this season, and that's Michael Backlund and Blake Coleman. Oh. Both guys had five shots and seven attempts tonight. They were bright spots, right? Oh, and you know, and we go back to an earlier comment that we made, and I think it was Lou that asked the question. They play close together, and the one line that was consistently buzzing around the puck was that line. Um, 
and they they understand how to feed off of each other they know how to make the short plays and because of it they're having success so um, Michael's been excellent uh, Blake since he's got put with him again has been really good and I feel like sometimes um, Manji's getting left out of the mix a little bit because he's not producing at the level he was in a, a prior year mm -hmm. but he's a big part of the way that line is operating right now they all buzz and they all work and they play close together so there is a reason why that line's having a lot of success right now Wilsey Thank you, Husk. Okay, Appreciate guys, it. thank Thanks you. So That's Ryan Husk, a Flames assistant coach, following a 2-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's your Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. He's Derek Wills. He's Peter Labardius. My name is Pat Steinberg. Let's get right to the save of the game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. It came from Jacob Markstrom in period number three. Marner and up the left wing side, spins to get away from Gilbert, walks towards the net, Marner dangles in, waits, shoots, and is robbed by Markstrom, who makes another 10-bell save. That ends up being one of the 32 stops made by Jacob Markstrom tonight, and that's his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. And yeah, Lou, Calgary's best player in this one tonight gave him a chance to win uh, one of his better outings in, in quite some time if not his best of the season that's uh, the most encouraging thing I think you take it is. from this one if you're the Flames yeah he was great tonight um, you could see it early I think that really fed him and fed his confidence he made huge saves um, many of them and he's going to have to continue to be that guy and it showed a lot of leadership on his part to understand, you know, that it was back in his court and there was lots of support. I think there were a lot of talks with a lot of people from Daryl and the coaching staff individually and collectively um, since the Boston game two nights ago. And he responded better than anyone tonight. He, yep. he for me, was their best player um, by a considerable margin. And there were some other good guys tonight. Yep. I know they didn't win the hockey game, but that is by far my biggest takeaway as well. If Jacob Markstrom can play at that level down the stretch, he will give this team a chance to make the playoffs. Yep. Uh, played really well. Good on him. And uh, we'll see him again on Saturday against Minnesota in a uh, big game against the Wild to finish off this three-game homestand. Flames will look to snap this losing skid at four. Uh, marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. I think Ryan Huska uh, covered it pretty well. We were talking about the defense pairings and um, another strong game from Uyghur. Tanev does what he does. So um, we'll keep an eye on those defense pairings. The Flames do not practice on deadline day Friday. Uh, they will practice again at Saturday morning ahead of that game against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, last piece of business to take care of with you two gentlemen. Let's get to tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by Heart Fit Clinic. Lou, which way are you going tonight? Same way. It's Jacob Markstrom again. He just worked his tail off, um, stepped up for this team, and if a couple other key guys on the team had had the type of night that he did, we may be having a different conversation. So Jacob Markstrom is tonight's Player with Heart, brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For HeartFit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit HeartFit.com.
Scotia. So Flames lose 2-1 to the Toronto Maple Leafs here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. The phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960 if you want to jump in and chat with us here on this Thursday night. We'll get to those coming up very shortly. Uh, some more trips inside the Flames locker room. Stay tuned for head coach Daryl Sutter, which is coming up very, very shortly. If you missed him live, we'll get it, uh, we'll get it for you on the podcast very shortly. But first, some uh, final thoughts from our broadcast crew, starting with Peter Labardius. Well, Pat, at this point in time, I don't really have much left as far as the game is concerned, but I will be interested to see if anything happens between now and 1 o'clock tomorrow. And um, I think this situation for this group that they would have probably thought when the year started that they would be looking to buy, not sell. And I'm not sure they're going to sell, and I don't think they're going to buy. But I do think they will be looking in a place to potentially improve themselves down the road. But they're in a tough spot. And as we talked about tonight on the pregame show, it's it's a very emotional time here. It's been a very difficult year Um People feel very let down, whether you're a player, whether you're a fan. I don't care who you are. And so I always think the best decisions are made from non-emotional places. I would be very careful about selling off somebody that is having a down year that they're not usually having unless somebody blows your doors off with a potential person and in an area of strength where you need to be better. Another good game against another good team, another one-goal game and another one-goal loss. Uh, And as has been the story for most of the season, the Flames were one goal or one save, and tonight I would say more so one goal than one save, away from beating the fourth overall Maple Leafs. You know, they did a lot of good things, especially in the first 40 minutes. Their goaltender may have played his best game of the season. He definitely gave them a chance to win. And they score one goal for him again. So I do feel for Jacob Markstrom. But I hope that, uh, you know, on a personal level, he's able to build on his confidence coming out of this one because I think we're going to see him a lot down the stretch. And I would be absolutely stunned if we didn't see him for what sets up to be the biggest game so far this season for the Flames coming up on Saturday uh, against the Wild team. They're trying to track down in the Western Conference standings. And... As I said on the Thursday edition of the Calgary Flames Roundtable, I wish the trade deadline was next Wednesday or Thursday or Friday because between now and then, the Flames have three games that will likely determine uh, if they're still going to be in the playoff race or if they're going to be, for all intents and purposes, out of it. You've got two games against the Wild, sandwiching one against the Stars. Three of the teams you're trying to catch, or two of the teams you're trying to catch in the playoff race. So... Unfortunately, the timing doesn't work out very well for the Flames. I'm also anxious to see what they do between now and 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Friday. But uh, a tough one tonight. They played two pretty good games. One really good game against the Bruins on Tuesday and one pretty good game against the Maple Leafs tonight, and they end up with one of a possible four points. So they're in a tough spot, but uh, their goaltender played a really good game, and hopefully he does that again on Saturday. And if he does... uh, and he gets a little goal support, then I like the Flames' chances to uh, win a big four-pointer versus the Wild. But, uh, man, oh, man, it's just been one of those seasons where they've been so close in so many games and haven't been able to steal the deal. And uh, tonight, just a continuation of that. So 
I hate to sound like a broken record, but uh, it's hard not to these days. Thank you, gents. You're Good welcome. night, Pat. Uh, Peter Labardius and Derek Wills signing off on this Thursday night. We've still got lots to get to on your Flames Talk postgame show, though. Call now at 403-240-4444. Text now, 960-960. Flames fall 2-1 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, let's hear from head coach Daryl Sutter right now on our Flames Talk postgame show. Head coach uh, in the Ed Whalen Media Lounge following a one-goal loss to the Leafs. Coach, what did you make of this one? Um, I think 5-5. Five and five. They don't give you much, and so you got to bear down on limited opportunities you get against them. You said you needed a goalie to get hot. Fair to say uh, Jacob Markstrom at least turned the burner on to start? Yeah, he was really good, I thought. I thought he was our best player. I mean, you got to make some big saves against those big guys, and he did that. Did something in the way he was just carrying himself, even on a pretty routine save, feel or seem different? You no, know, he's a confident guy. It's not, you know, it's, it takes, it's good. He's got a strong leadership position on the team, and I think he tried to assert himself that way. I think for a couple of shifts it did, but I don't think that he prolonged at all. I think it was pretty obvious from the bench that it was offside. I mean, the puck was a foot, and we were about three feet, so I don't think it was really reviewable. Did you get an explanation from the refs on the second goal from Toronto's side? Yeah, the puck's in the net, right? That's matter if it's in his glove or not. And the only reason I was talking to the refs about it was if it, they couldn't tell it was in, and they thought, it, and they still determined because it was on the ice, it was a goal. And Kai challenged because of the stick in the glove, but they determined it was a goal. In terms of, well, uh, just in terms of off, offense and trying to get that tying goal, what were you hoping to see out of your forwards that maybe they didn't do? Uh, you, need, you need make a, somebody's got to make a big play. You're not going to get many chances against them, and I think we had we had opportunities when it was one one to get the next goal, but the third there, hey, they know how to they're good at it. There there are live icings today. What what do you think the reason for that was? Pardon? There are live icings today. Do you did you notice that? Yeah, I think there was two or three that affected the game. Right, caught. Lines out there, extra shifts, especially when they address eleven guys, and you know that Matthews is out out there a lot. Either Matthews or or uh, Tavares or O'Reilly a lot. So uh, any times there's icing, that's to the other team's advantage. That is head coach Daryl Sutter. That is uh, his post-game thoughts following a 2-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs here at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Tough one for the Flames. They've now lost four straight. They'll try to snap that on Saturday against the Minnesota Wild. Right now, phone lines open, 403-240-4444. Text line open, 960-960. Get your texts in, get your phone calls in as we continue along. We're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. If you have cracks in your walls, floor, or ceilings, contact them today for a free estimate. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Flames Talk post game is on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts, and it continues next. This is Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Our Flames.
Bones Talk post-game show continues from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. All right, let's keep it going following a 2-1 Flames loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs on this Thursday night. It's Pat Steinberg along with you as our Flames Talk post-game show continues uh, on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon, and of course live right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Cali Yarncroke's goal, 2 minutes and 20 seconds into the third period, the difference in this one tonight. Uh, the theme of the entire 62 games the Flames have played so far, it feels like has been one more save, one more goal. And for this one tonight, it's the latter that was most important. They got the big stops. Jacob Markstrom was very strong. They could not get that one more goal. And uh, they are continuing to fight an uphill climb on a playoff spot that is becoming less and less likely for them to lock down. Text line 960-960. Phone lines 403-240-4444. To those shortly, uh, let's hear from uh, the man of the hour in a lot of ways for the Flames, though, before we get to the text line and the phone lines. Jacob Markstrom made 32 stops in what could have been his best performance of the season. A very strong outing for Jacob, and uh, he spoke post-game inside the Flames locker room. Jacob, your thoughts on on the game tonight? Uh, I mean, yeah, tough loss. It's close again, but it's you know it's been like this way too many times, and you know it's frustrating not to to get away with any points. It looked like you played really well and making some big saves. How did you feel in there? I lose two one, and so not good enough. You know, so from saying games were must win now for a little while, I, I assume now these games against Minnesota are. are yeah, I mean, you can look now if you know how it really comes down to it. You can't, you know, you don't need to win out, but it's it's pretty close now to with how this, uh, you know, this uh, west side is. So it's tight and it's a lot of teams involved. And, uh, you know, we, we, we got we to gotta put in, we got to start with one. Can't just think, you know, we're going to win 10 in a row or 15 in a row. We got we to gotta start with one here. Jacob, it seems like there's been a lot of nights where this team you know, had lots of reason to feel good about its overall performance and doesn't get the results. How do you sort of maintain the belief through that? Uh, I mean, that's that's what we do. You know, you come in and, you, you know, next practice and next game, you just work and you, uh, you know, you got to build yourself up again. Obviously, it, uh, you know, it sucks right now and, uh, you know, right after the game, but, you know, the, that's, you know, we've been doing it all year and uh, we just got to bear down and, and uh, you know, get going and, and find some light here in the in the tunnel. That is Jacob Markstrom. Really strong game for him post game. Thirty two stops as part of a two one loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, I thought Markstrom was a bright spot. I had the line of Backlund, Coleman, and Mangiapane was a bright spot. I had they did great work on the Matthews line uh, for the most part tonight. Uh, those would be the two bright spots for me. Uh, on the other side, uh, tough night uh, for a few defensemen. The, the Kadri Huberdo Pelche line just was was not enough of a difference maker in this one tonight and and as a group just five shots in a desperate third period or what should have been a desperate third period that was that was tough to watch as well let's get to the text line at 960 960 on this Thursday night phone lines as well very very shortly but to the text line we go first at 960, 960. Let's start with Dylan Ian Revy. Um, I feel bad for him. 
Markstrom let one more in than the other goalie, but he deserved the win. If Tree doesn't sell a piece or two tomorrow for some picks and cap space, I'll be upset. No desperation after that iron hook game winner. Of course, that's yarn croak. Uh, just slow and methodical nonsense. Five losses in the last six. How are these guys a hard out in the playoffs? That comes from Dylan. Um... This says the last two games were surprisingly winnable. Both Boston and Toronto left the door open on back-to-backs. Forget excuses and falling on swords. It's clear this group is just not good enough. So call it and make some solid deals tomorrow for the future. Fans in this market understand the game and respect decisiveness and having a vision a lot more than just hoping it gets better. Um... This says, was at the game tonight. Seemed like when they got that goal called back, the entire team was deflated, even though it was still 1-1. Yeah, I thought that that lasted for a good chunk of the rest of the second period anyway. Uh, this reads, Markstrom was unbelievable. It's too bad the trade deadline isn't next Friday. I'd really like to see where this team is after their second game with the Wild. I'm just not convicted they should move anyone here if Markstrom can keep this up there's no reason this team can't go seven for ten I do feel like something needs to change when they fall down in the third their offense relies on taking advantage of space and when teams drop into a zone and take that space away the flames look really stale stars need to step up carry the puck and draw a defender or two then make a play I still believe here hope I'm not alone uh this says uh what else we got here at 960 960 Roddy says the Flames keep losing. What harm is it to shake things up by the trade deadline? Uh, I don't think there's harm in it, depending on what you're doing. Uh, again, I just think what needs to happen is if they do anything, it either has to be very, very, very minor in terms of an addition, or I think what's really important is if they do, if they do something, whether it's a subtraction or an addition, it just needs to make sense for the long term. And so what I mean by that is if you're going to sell somebody, it has to be for the prices that we've seen so far at the deadline. If you're going to move out a roster player, which I am not, in fact, I think they should be very, very heavily looking at that. I do. Uh, I, I don't know what the, I don't know why you would be at this point, you're going to remain five points out of a playoff spot with 20 to go. I don't know why you would be hesitant or resistant to getting a good return if it's there so if a player with one year left on his deal or an expiring contract but you know you're likely going to get the best deal for a guy with one year left on his deal if one of those guys can get you a first round pick and I'm not saying you do it it has to be a deal that makes sense but if you can get a first round pick and depending on the player maybe a good prospect or another top 60 pick I think you absolutely have to look at doing it. And here's here's why. Because the prices are insane right now. Somebody will overpay for a player that you have right now, and then you can underpay or pay cheaper prices in the offseason to go about trying to replace that player or improve on that player or improve on your team. Get some assets that are being overpaid for now so so get somebody to overpay with assets for one of your guys and then use those assets when they're worth even more in the offseason that's how I'm looking at it I'm not saying that you do that um, regardless I'm just saying that if somebody offers you a first round pick or something like that for a guy like Nikita Zadorov or there's a great deal on the table for a Tyler Toffoli or a Noah Hannafin I think it, you, you have to you have to heavily consider doing it and if it was me I think I would do it it's again depending on the deal but if it's a really really good deal I think you gotta I, I really really think you do um 
because I, I don't know, like, why wouldn't you at this point? I definitely don't think they should be buying. I definitely do not think that they should be, you know, going out of their way to be adding on this group, especially when it comes to high leverage assets. Anyway, back to the text line, 969. Um, this says, I don't know what happened with Markstrom, but he really played great this game. Bailed them out on breakaways and two-on-ones. He just didn't have enough support from the forwards, and they couldn't capitalize on any of their chances. That's absolutely correct. Uh, this, say the Flames, this says, rather, the Flames play the right way. Compete night in, night out. They've got a decent defensive core, but the bottom line is they don't have a high-end superstar that would be considered a top-line offensive player on any other NHL teams. Uh, this reads, Pat, game of the season potentially for Markstrom, and again, no run support. It's just been the same old story with this team. I feel they should run with Markstrom more often than not down the stretch to rebuild his confidence and hope he regains form for next season. The Flames are just stuck in the quantum realm, and I'm skeptical if Brad and Daryl are able to save them. That comes from Sam. And if the quantum realm is that middle kind of, you know, that 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 middle of the road limbo. That's exactly where they are right now, and uh, I don't know if I, I definitely don't believe there's a trade out there that will solve this, or an addition out there that will solve this this season. Um, it's got to be if it gets solved, it's got to be by the players who play on this team this instant as we're talking right now, not after the trade deadline. Um, but. Yeah, it, 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 they are in, in limbo land right now. Um, I would go to Jacob Markstrom on Saturday against Minnesota. I'll say that much. Uh, this says paying $10.5 million for a third-line player is unacceptable. If there's any chance a uh, new coach gets Huberto going, Sutter needs to go, not to mention his complete inflexibility in play style, his unwillingness to pull the goalie before 40 seconds left, and his obsession with unskilled fourth-liners. Um, this says, Pat, instead of focusing on the loss... Besides Lewis and Richie, who do you think they might be moving tomorrow? That's uh, Greg in Edmonton. Um, the guys that are interesting to me, Zadorov, Hannafin, Toffoli, would be the three that are really interesting to me from a standpoint of guys that, that could have some really good interest out there. Again, it's got to be the right return. It's got to be a really good return. It's got to be the type of return that, as the Flames, you, gotta, you, you can't refuse it almost. But there's been a lot of those deals out there uh, leading up to this year's trade deadline. More on the text line as we continue at 960-960. Great stuff there. Let's get to the phone lines for the first time tonight at 403-240-4444. Flames lose 2-1 to the Montreal Canadiens. This is your Flames talk. I'm uh, sorry, the Montreal I'm watching on the screen right now. They lose 2-1 to another original six franchise. The Toronto Maple Leafs in a tight one here at the Scotiabank. Saddledome Calgary has now lost four consecutive. It's Steinberg along with you. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, first up on the phone lines is Tim. What's going on, Tim? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Not bad. I just had to, I'm going to be that that guy. I just have two, two quick statements, quick ones. Um, I just feel with the team I think we, this is sort of like this loss sort of gives us a chance to see like how far up the ladder the delusion is, like that this team's going to win three in a row, which they haven't done all year, and go on this amazing run and everyone else is going to be terrible. And I think we get to see how far up. Like if they're not trading to fully the door off and getting those prices this year at this this deadline, and they're like, oh, we're going to hold them on and hope, I think we can actually see how far up it goes. So we can, we can trust it's not the, the coach thinks it's going to happen, the GM thinks it's not going to happen, and the ownership above them thinks it's going to happen. So then, then we got to think about: okay, are we waiting for the ownership to get an actual view of what's really happening? Because it's just like 
I don't know how you look at this stuff when they need these points so desperately. And you play a, you're playing against a backup goalie, you get five shots. Um, yeah, the third period was was definitely disappointing like, tonight. Um, that that was that was one that they needed to look more desperate in. They did not look like a desperate team uh, in the third period. And I'm 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 with you to the point where I think that you know the the idea of trading off a player and and uh, selling as it were. Um, and again, I don't think you're just selling for the sake of it. I don't think you're doing it as a you know um, as a, as a blanket policy. But if you can get a good return for somebody, I think at the very least have to look at it if, if you're the Flames and, and you have to look at what type of what type of prices are out there and you have to very much um, see if you can get in on some of these prices that have been so astronomical so far. So I'm with you there. Yeah. I just have one other thing to say is Yeah. Now, I know naming could players, but I think I think this year if you look like if you look at Foley right now, I've heard a couple of things where they're like, Well we could do it next year but like you're saying, the prices are so high. Defoe's having an amazing year. Like his value, you're, if you're going to not do it this year, his value, you're really trusting a lot of things to to, to make his value the same next year, right? His value is super high, I think. And I think also, I think everything I've heard is this draft year is supposed to be super deep. So are we going to hold on to him and hope next year that he has another great year, everything works out for him, we get to this deadline and we're not in a spot where we're on the cusp and then we can't trade them because we're trying to get in. Like, I just think, I think it's like, like you you said it, and I know it's been repeated, but just, it's just hard for me to see why you would hold on to them. Like it just well, seems the only reason you'd hold on to them is if you're, if you're not getting that type of value, right? Like if you don't mm-hmm. get, if you don't get, I don't, I'm not trading him for a, a third round pick no, and a fifth no. round pick. No. If, if you're not, if that value isn't there, then that's why you're yeah. not doing it. Uh, yeah, I just I just think like and again outside of it you don't know right so but see all the other prices you think first in a and a and a good prospect at least like you know, even if it's late in the first round it's a deep draft like that's what I keep hearing oh well there's always the next year it's like it's supposed to be a really deep draft oh yeah this is, so there's uh, a lot of quality so even if you're picking at thirty or wherever maybe thirty two if you get unlucky he, that kid is still a solid prospect. Like that gives you two prospects to add to your other kids. You have Pelche, Coronado and Zary. Like that's a, that's a pretty good on the fly rebuild. I'm not saying tear it down, but like to fold in the door, I would in an instant, if you get a good return, like, it's just like you, you can, you're stuck with the contracts contracts you're stuck with move the other players for this, this. And you've seen the value, like move them for that value. Right. But you can't, you can't come back with the same team. Are you saying to the team, you know what? The only rebuttal I would have is that, you know, if it doesn't happen at this deadline, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that they won't, that, that, that they're going to come back with the exact same team next year. That, that would be the only thing that I would yeah. say. I just, I just, the value, like right now, he's, isn't this a career year for Tavolin? Like, yeah, it's, it's he's on played great for us. I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't doubt he's, been, he's put up goals. He's, been, he's been, been an amazing player this year. That's great for him. I'm glad for him. But it's like, he he wasn't the piece that pushed you over. Like it's just like you have other issues to sort of sort through, right? So I don't know. I just wanted to say that. Thanks for giving me the time for it. Good stuff, Tim. Appreciate it, yeah. man. Have a good night. You too, man. Uh, 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 2-1 loss to Toronto. Get in line. Lots of time to chat on your Flames Talk postgame phone lines here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, and your Flames Talk postgame show. George, up next. What's up, George? Not much, buddy. How are you tonight? I'm good, man. 
Good to hear, friend. So I'm watching this trade deadline week and seeing all these ridiculous prices being paid of we've spoken of ad nauseum. And then I watch a team like Nashville, who's actually ahead of Calgary and actually has a better chance to make the playoffs with them. And they have the foresight to see what's going on and capitalizing on it by accruing valuable draft picks and capital. So <clears throat> I want to do a little bit of role-playing with you. I'm going to ask you a two-part Ooh, question. Kinky, George. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So let's, let's pretend you're Murray Edwards or an owner of the Flames, okay? And then let's pretend that I'm a diehard Flames fan who's been a fan of this team and supported this franchise for more than 40 years, okay? So here's my two-part question for you. What direction are you planning to take this team in, and why should I continue to support this team both emotionally and financially when for the last 30-plus years, minus 2004, which was a fluke, all we've seen is mediocrity and the refusal to do an actual rebuild and build this team into a real contender when you've had numerous opportunity to do, in, to do that in these past 30 years? So who am I, who am I in this scenario? You're Marie Edwards. You're one of the owners. So as a, as a fan and a supporter of this team, I'm asking, what, what is your plan? What is the direction you have for this team? And when are you, like, when are you actually going to do something that makes actual sense and not stop? I don't with, really know. So I, I, don't, I don't quite get this exercise, George, and I'm, not, I'm really trying not to be thick here, um, but I don't quite get this exercise. Do you want me to tell you what I would do, or do you want me to, like, pr- pretend that I'm – a Flames owner. I'm not. I'm not quite certain what's going on here. For, okay, you you see the patterns of what ownership is with this team. We know we know their agenda. Let's let's call it what it is. They've been hesitant to to ever rebuild. And I'm not saying we're going to rebuild because I know that's impossible with the circumstances we're in. But this team has had various opportunities in the last decade alone to pull an actual rebuild. And I'm really, really agitated and at a breaking point because of all the years for this team to finish where they're most likely going to finish, it's going to be the Bedard draft. And you watch a game like tonight, which is a perfect example. You see Marner dancing everybody. You see all these all-stars. We don't have anything even close to that player, and we're never going to get that player unless we actually draft them. So I want to know what, what, is, what, is, how, what is, as an owner of this team, what is the plan to make this team an actual contender so we can stop this middling BS? that we've been going through for 30 years. That's yeah, what I'd I, like to know. Well, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you what I would do or what the flame, because you already have the answers. So, I mean, they're not they're Okay, not getting, so what would you do? They're not getting Connor if, Bedard. If you want a billion dollars I already dollars told tomorrow, you what I would you do. want a billion I would, dollars? I, I already told you what I would do. If, I, if I'm right now, I would try to exploit the, the market right now with a piece or two that's on my team. I would try to... I, w- I would try to see what I could get and, and see if I could get a first-round pick or, or two in a couple trades um, and and then go from there and see if I can uh, recoup some assets or, or use some of those assets in um, in the offseason. Because, George, they're, I mean, at this point, they're not going to tear it down. They're committed to eight years of Huberdeau and eight years of Uyghur and six more years of Kadri. Um, so that that's how I would go about doing it. Do you think they'll actually do that tomorrow, or do you think we're just going to sit here and have the same team? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. That that one, I don't have – I, I I would be stunned if they made uh, any significant additions. Like, I'd be stunned if they made the – you know, a, a big – 
a big buying move. Uh, I would be stunned by that at this point, even just based on the conversations I've had today on Thursday where it's been very quiet and, and it sure does feel like uh, talking to, to different people that that's the way it's, it's going to go. Um, but, you know, you never know if there's somebody that could help this team long term. I guess it's a different story, but um, I, I don't I don't know if they are going to um, go down the road of, of selling off a roster player. Okay, they better not buy anything tomorrow. Especially, I've heard I've heard rumblings of them talking about getting Edmonton here from Montreal. Like, like, let's stop. Let's stop. What I said? What did I say three games ago? They were going to lose all three of these games. What happened? They lost all three of these games. We know where this team is. If 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 the general manager and the owner cannot see that, I throw my hands up in the air. Then I don't know what I'm doing supporting this team. I'm I'm the idiot, not them. All right. So, yeah, man, that's all I got to say. Tomorrow's going to be interesting. I, I hope they do what you say, and I hope they, they can get some assets at least. It is a deep draft. If you could get another first-round pick or even two first-round picks for various players, do it. Do something to help salvage this team and get at least the Stoggers, the cover stock, do something here. This, this is a disaster of a season. Appreciate it, George. All right, buddy. Have a good night. I'm sorry I didn't role play the way you want. I still don't know exactly how you wanted me to play this game, so I'm sorry I failed. No, actually, you did well, man. You did well. I appreciated your opinion, and I, I like your answer a lot better than the answer we're actually going to get tomorrow. Thanks, Georgie. Take care, buddy. Appreciate it, pal. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 2-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Next up, Sean. What's going on, Sean? Welcome to Flames Talk Post Game Show. Hey, how are you doing, man? Good. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, tough loss tonight, but I'm honestly pretty happy about it if everything works out the way I hope it does for tomorrow. I mean, I think this loss is another one-goal loss, and I think it can give us some fans and clarity if they actually start to offload the assets. And like what you're saying in the text line, prices are through the roof right now. You know, a guy like Toffoli, I'd move him out. Why not if you can get the right price for him? Hannafin, if anyone needs a defenseman, then, yeah, he'd be a great trade asset to use. And at this point, I mean, the way the team's performed, I'd even consider trading Lindholm because if you can get the assets, uh, you know, what they call, they don't call it a rebuild anymore, but a retool, I mean, why not? I know I've been listening to, Sarah Valley and whatnot. He's been saying Rod Brendamore loves Windholm, so I think if we could get some out of Carolina or man, I'm Lindholm, Lindholm for me, I would not move. That that would be one that I would not go uh down that road on. Um and and look, if you're not gonna be able to sign him when it's all said and done at the end of next year, um, then I think that's a conversation for next season, um and, and next year's trade deadline. But right now, uh, I would not be uh, moving Elias Lindholm. Uh, he would be the one that I wouldn't. No, and that's fair. But I mean, for me, it's... but I understand your point. I, I, the, the point you're making is, is I get it. I, I understand what you're getting at. It's just like with we've never we haven't won anything. So I don't know. The clock's ticking for me for, on these guys proving that we can actually win something. Hell, get to second round in the playoffs. That's not good enough for us fans. But, you know, I, I, I know the same thing. I know you guys, like you, you've been wanting to re-up Dubé, but I'm not, I'm in the sense where 
he's not even a line driver. And you had so high on him right now. I don't want another Mangiapane. Well, why why would you why would you be selling a guy like the one of the only young players on the team that is you know progressing and becoming like a bona fide NHLer? Like I, I bona fide impact NHL. I don't know why you'd do that. Oh, I just like I said, he's not a line driver. I mean, we he's found some success with Lindholm and Toffoli, but if one of those guys leaves that line tomorrow, like who knows what he's gonna be. I, I, I know what you mean. He's a homegrown kid, but I don't I don't even time. think that he's I don't even think it's fair to say he's not a line driver because I think he has been lots of times this year. I, Dubé's having a great year and there's still lots to be unlocked there. He's been one of the best stories this season. I get it, but at the same time I'm just this season isn't it and I rather if Coronado's gonna sign, I'd rather him be playing top six roles. So but why know. why are you trying to jettison Dubé of all the guys? So high. I don't want another Mongepane here. You overpaid for him and but granted his season last year I think we got him on a good deal, but you know, it's a career year for everyone, so I just don't think you need to sell high on every player. And and I think you can identify some guys, especially guys who are, you know, 24 years old, who you can go forward with. Yeah, no, and you're definitely right. But for me, it's just, I don't know. I, I, it's probably more frustration right now. I'm feeling from this loss. But, you know, if we can get some assets, that's, that'd be ideal for us. But anyway, man, thanks for the chat. You have a great night. Good to hear from you, Sean. See you, man. Uh, let's say hello to Tim following a 2-1 loss to Toronto. What's up, Tim? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Patrick? I am good, man. How are you? Good. Uh, a few things. Uh, the first thing, Markstrom's best game of the year, without a doubt. So it was really good to see the old Markstrom in there tonight and playing the way he did. And so he deserves, he deserves a big kudos, and I hope he keeps it up on Saturday. Uh, second thing, I'm going to play devil's advocate. Okay. <laughs> you, you'll like this. Okay. All right. I typically I think, like your calls. So I, I, I actually, yeah, I put in a lot of thought on this one today because it actually struck me when I was listening to your show before coming on the game. Um, on, on travailing, I think that what happened over last summer is going to be a major point in whether he comes back or not. Um, and I'm not talking about bringing in the Huberto and, and Uyghur. I'm talking about losing Johnny. And I think what it comes down to is they might be looking for a GM that has a, a more of a, a business vision versus an emotional attachment with the players. And I think that's what held back to railing on uh, the, the Johnny deal was it was just too much emotional. And, and then instead of saying, okay, this is your dead dead deadline and we got to move on and either move you and get assets and if it was a more business like gm that kind of person would have stepped in and moved him after that hard deadline so i think that that could be in part of the thinking and they might be looking at a change in that sense right yeah, i don't uh, i don't i don't really agree with that i um i would i would suggest that everything i know about the gm is um the opposite of what you're saying and then the other thing I would say is that him overvaluing the assets that he does bring in 
by signing them into the long-term deals would also affect how his evaluation looks too. Well, you you can't tell me that that wasn't uh, that wasn't um, an overall organizational decision. I yeah, for that amount of money, it could possibly be, but no, it if, definitely. Like, are you telling me that if the GM happened, comes to the the owner and says, "Hey, look, this is what we can get this guy for," and we, I think he's gonna and pump his tires up really big, that the owners wouldn't back that. No, I think it was the other way around where it was uh, you just lost two superstar players and the owner, and they made this trade and yeah. the owner said, get these guys signed. Right. So I think, and then the thing with with, uh, with the Sutter contract, I think he should have waited till the end of this season before he had done any negotiations on him. Right, because then you can have a, a total evaluation, a clear evaluation as where where this coach fits with the assets you brought in. Right, so I think he locked himself into a corner on that one. And then uh, the other thing, tomorrow I don't think he's going to trade anybody. And that's kind of worrisome because I think that he's got six pending UFAs next season. Right, so then they're going to have to figure out what to do with all those pieces they've got, whether you're going to re-sign some of those guys or you're going to move them along and try and recover assets. But I don't, I don't see their chances this year of getting into the playoffs. Like I said, the teams they're chasing, they're still games in hand and point percentage is better. Oh yeah, they're they're in a bad spot. Yeah, like yeah, they are, they, and they just got to be realistic. They're tenth in the West. They're tenth in the West. Yeah. And, uh, Nashville's yeah. Nashville's got a better chance of making it than they do. Which is really odd. I mean, they're trading off assets and they're still playing pretty good hockey, eh? I mean, yeah. that's funny. But like I said, Pat, I think that they have to. Just play out the course these last 20 or, what is it, 20 games now after tonight? Now 20, yep. Yeah, just play them out, get Markstrom in, and as many of them as you can, rebuild them up. And if you played anything like you did tonight and continue that on, then it's going to be a good trend for next season if they can find the proper assets that can play with the guys that they brought in in the summertime. Like, honestly, I think on Cadre's side of things, I think it's still part of a Stanley Cup hangover. I think part of him is just like Huberdo. He wanted to play for Colorado. was his very first choice to re-sign with, and they just couldn't bring him back for the money he wanted. And so then he had to settle for Calgary. So once he starts getting that out of his mouth and, and gets into that frame of mind that, you know, you're going you're gonna to fight hard for that uniform you're playing on, then you'll see the Calgary we want to see. And I think that'll happen next year. And, and, I think to, there's, and I think there's something to that with Huberdo as well. Yeah, both of them, absolutely. Like, yeah, so it's like I said, so they have to just play it out. And I think those guys will mature, and they're just going to have to figure out what they're going to do with their their six pending guys. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I don't see anything happening tomorrow from the Calgary and the Dinks. Um, yeah, I, and I, I could absolutely see that being the case. Uh, I would not, or, or, you know, they might do something really, really minuscule, but – yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I I could like that is there's there's a very good um, possibility of that being the case. Yeah, and the last thing that first goal from Toronto tonight, mm-hmm. I put that one on Lucic because he was the first point of contact for Marner, and if you watch that play, he's swinging a stick at air and totally missed him by like a long country mile. Yeah, he walked. He gonna, walked Lucic. He walked a couple guys on that shift, but definitely he did. Definitely. Yeah, and started with Lucic, bring up by the blue line, right? And 
yeah, it was a sloppy play in their own end that way on that one. So, but anyway, so that's all I got. Like I said, total kudos to Mark Sir. I'm glad to see that he was back to his old form. So that was really awesome to see from him tonight. Appreciate it, Tim. Uh, good to hear Thank from you, you as always, brother. Thank you have a great night. All right, you too, man. Be well. You bet. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 following a Flames 2-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's your Flames Talk post-game show. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on this Thursday night. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you for sure. And there's still time for you to call in as well on this Thursday night final show before the trade deadline. So call us now, text us now on our Flames Talk postgame show. Uh, our Alberta-made player of the game brought to you by Wild Rose Brewery. Uh, we selected in the pregame show former Flames captain Mark Giordano. Geo played 16 minutes and 46 seconds tonight. He was plus one. Had two shot attempts, one hit, and two blocked shots. Mark Giordano was your Alberta-made player of the game. Uh, let's head back inside the uh, Flames locker room. Let's hear from Blake Coleman as uh, he broke down a 2-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. What would you say your assessment of that game is? Uh, it's just another uh, you know, gut-wrenching loss. I thought... Uh, Another game where we honestly played pretty well. Um, we're just, you know, right now we're a really good team that just doesn't know how to win. Are you guys just getting kind of sick of it? I mean, you know, nobody likes losing. You know, I think, uh, <coughs> I don't know. You know, my, I'm hard on myself right now. I feel like I had three or four chances to score goals tonight that uh, I just didn't convert on. and. Um, you know, it's a huge game for us, and um, you know, it's it's tough when you feel like you could have done more. There were moments where it looked like players were frustrated on the bench or slamming their stick. How do you prevent that frustration from seeping into the gameplay? I mean, there's going to be frustration in hockey. I think um, you know we need to mature as a group and not not be showing frustration like that. But uh, at the end of the day, I'd rather have 20 guys that care than 20 guys that are. You know, looking forward to golf season. So, um, like I said, we all hate losing. Uh, it's it's honestly it's pretty incredible how many one game or one goal games we've lost this year. I think, uh, like I said, the best way to sum it up and the only thing I can think of right now is we're a great team that, that just doesn't know how to win right now. So where do you go from here, Blake? And I know if you had the answer, you'd do it. I get that, but just the idea of turning the page and maybe rewriting the script. Well, it's. It's to a man, you know. I think you got to do what you can, what you can control, and 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 that is whether it's extra pucks after practice, extra time on the bike for third periods and overtime, energy, whatever it is, whatever you feel like you need to do to to be one percent better, because that's we're one percent off, you know. I think <coughs> you know we all feel like we could be a team uh, in a much better position right now, but at the end of the day, it's it's points and it's. Uh, you know, it's structured the way it is for a reason. You got to win hockey games, and we just uh, we've just found way too many ways to lose. Like you're a, you're a hard on his sleeve kind of guy. Like if if we went back there, are, are all 23 guys as pissed off about a game like this as you are about the kind of string of results you're getting? Yeah, I'd hope so. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, it seems it seems that way. Everybody seems frustrated. Everybody's. A competitor and wants to be, uh, you know, playing mean, meaningful hockey. Um, you know, come uh, May, June, that time of year. But 
like I said, you know, look at our overtime losses, look at our one-goal games. We just, for whatever reason, haven't matured as a group yet and found ways to win those games. Not the same, the obvious, but you look at the standings, it's not felt back at all. You guys would say it would have been really bad, but you look at this kind of feel coming up on Saturday. I mean, it's most of what you're Yeah, I mean, I, the, last, the whole last week's felt like do or die, and um, it's going to continue to be that approach um, <coughs> from here on. I think, uh, you know, it's not unheard of to go win six, seven games in a row. It happens all the time in this league. Um, you got to have guys that believe in in themselves and, and in each other and um, you know like we talked about guys are pissed off guys are frustrated it can be a really good useful tool or it can be the you know the end of it so if guys channel that the right way and we get on a little roll then uh, you know we put the league on notice it's Blake Coleman post game inside the Flames locker room following tonight's 2-1 loss to as we continue along on this Thursday night, it's Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your Flames Talk postgame show from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge. If you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings, contact them today for a free estimate. For all things basement visit dlbasementsystems.com. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room for the final time on this Thursday evening and then back to your texts and phone calls following a 2-1 loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Here's Nazem Kadri post-game inside the Flames locker room. How, uh, how did you see that one kind of take a turn from you guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, close game. Uh, you know, it was kind of up for grabs there. and You know, they were just uh, able to get an allowed goal and you know we get a disallowed goal you know it seems like that's kind of been the script this year you know we we go we go post out other teams go post in so it's frustrating you know it's frustrating but um you know not much you can do is up for grabs it's a good one for them how, how do you sort of turn this close but not cigar storyline yeah i mean uh you know it's i guess the silver lining is we're in every single game you know we got an opportunity to win every single game we're never out of it um, it's going to be our approach moving forward. So, um, at the end of the day, we got to find ways to, to pull it off. But um, you know, still alive. Got to got to try to string a few together. It's the least we could there, do. Is there any way that that almost makes it worse being so close and, yeah. and being there game after game? You know, it's a positive and a negative for sure. You know, like I mentioned, it's just uh, you know, it seems like that's kind of been the story all year. We go, you know, we score a goal. You know, that'd be a big goal for us to put us up two-one. No goal. You know they uh, they catch a break and obviously get that get that break on on their goal. So uh, I mean credit to them they earned it. You know and uh, you know, it just uh, just just sucks uh, not getting those bounces. Yeah, you said it's sort of must win for a little while. Mm -hmm. But I mean you know after this after these last couple of games, you know, yeah. these games against Minnesota are just so huge. Oh, every game so huge. You know so I th I don't think uh, next game or the game after is really going to be any different. We feel like uh, you know, we, we've kind of played that hockey and. I think uh, you know that can be a great thing if we uh, find a way to to squeak in and you know enter the first round playing that desperate hockey for for uh, for a month or two now. So that's the positive. You know it sucks losing. Um, you know it uh, it hurts, but um, you know we got to try to try to rebound. What did you think of Jacob Markstrom's performance tonight? Thought Marky was excellent. I thought he had a great bounce back game. Made some crucial saves. Um, you know. Like I said, a bit of an unlucky balance on their second goal, but you know, I thought Marky uh, stood on his head, did his job tonight, and uh, you know, 
think he's going to continue to do that down the stretch. Is it more frustrating to see that he puts on the performance that he puts on, but the offense, unfortunately, mm -hmm. isn't able to kind of do their part? Yeah, I, I hate that, and that's the worst part about that. Because uh, you know we want to be there for Marky, and we want to you know support him and give him some help. And uh, like I said, we just you know feels like every time he's in the net, we we uh, we go dry for some reason. He uh, he stands on his head. So got to find a way to get some. Like I said, those balances suck. You know when they're not going your way, and uh, you know a play like that can change the whole outcome of the game. So you know we just got to put one foot in front of the other and just continue to to, to try to string together some wins here. There you go. That is Nazem Kadri post-game inside the Flames locker room. Back to the text line we go at 960-960. This says, I'm sad. I appreciate the hard work the team has put in the last two games. I hope the players can find their confidence next season. Markstrom was great. I hope he can end the season on a high note. I'll now be cheering for the Oilers to lose. Uh, this from Parsons. Good outing for Markstrom, unless it's for a top 10 pick in this year's draft. I think the Flames should run it out the last 20 games with the current team and evaluated season's end. More trading partners than anyways if there are deals to be made. The only thing I would say to that, Pars, not prices like this. Uh, this is kind of unprecedented prices that we're seeing right now on the market. That's why I think uh, they need to, at the very least, significantly explore. And top 10 picks, there's a deep draft. Top 20, 30, 40 picks are really good this year um, by, by all accounts. This says... Um, Flames do not need Joel Edmondson. He's a pylon with a bad back. Give Mackey a chance instead. Also play Rizichka. Sit Zadorov. He runs around uh, looking for big hits and puts his team in trouble in their end. This from Brenda. Pat, the reality's slowly settling in. No playoffs this year. The lack of intensity and push by guys that get paid big money to score is disappointing. Yeah, I didn't like that third period from the Flames tonight. I'll say that much. Um, this from Tyler. Seems to me like they are trying to make one too many pretty passes. They need to start getting the puck to the net and creating chances down low. Traffic in front. If Jacob can give them solid goaltending and they start realizing every goal doesn't need to be a highlight reel one, they've got a chance to win some games. Still having said that, probably a smart idea to sell high on a few guys with no term left who are having good years uh what else we got here at 960 960 this from rob huberdo zero shots zero high danger chances zero rush attempts zero rebound attempts zero rebounds created zero penalties drawn three giveaways zero takeaways zero shots blocked you may as well put me out there i can do that i'm absolutely convinced this team's philosophy has changed nothing same results same mediocrity nothing changes we'll see how they go about the trade deadline on friday uh at 1 p.m um this says the flames are in 17th overall in the league but only two points away from falling into 23rd where they'd be in position to have a 3.5 percent chance at bedard so you're saying there's a chance <laughs> all right uh this says simple question here pat would you move backland would i shop backland would i uh actively try to move him no, if I got a return that is just so bonkers that I couldn't, like, if, if I got a return that, you know, for a player of backland stature, whether it's Carolina who's been brought up or uh, Colorado or any other team, if there's a team out there that has given me, you know, a first or a couple, couple firsts, a first, a prospect, and a second, like, if you're getting those type of returns, if it's out there, I'm not slamming down the phone, that's for sure. So would I go would I go looking to shop Backland? No. 
would I be open if a deal is is that strong? And I think that I don't think that's completely out of the question. Would I be open to making that move? Yeah, I would be because I think that it would be something that could really set you up for the offseason. And you know, I don't want them to move Backlund, and I do think that there is something to um, – he would be, I think, the two guys that, that I would be most reticent moving would be Backlund and Lindholm. Backlund because, first of all, he's a hell of a player and a really important player on this team. Second, I think there's something to uh, having a guy be a flame for life. I, I think there is some – there's some – absolute value to that and so i i would not be actively shopping him but if the deal is is really really strong i think you have to consider it and then lindholm's the other guy i wouldn't be moving lindholm at this deadline and i get the i get the reasoning why i just if if i'm going to think about doing that and look i i think that the temperature i said this on one of the earlier thursday hours of flame stock i think the temperature's uncertain in terms of whether or not lindholm will extend with the flames but i don't think you need to go down that road this trade deadline i think you have more time to figure out the future of um of elias lindholm with this team what else we got here? This is from Murray. I'm confident that goaltending will be better next year. However, I'm not sure Huberdeau will turn it around. I think he lacks speed and doesn't hold the puck long enough. I predict, predict Sutter won't make it through the season next year. Uh, what else we got here at 960-960? Um, some weird political text that I can just skip right over. Um Okay. This from Will in BC. Uh, I thought Markstrom played one of his better games this year, but I really didn't like either goal. I don't think this game was on him necessarily. I'd just say in a 2-1 game, the better team won. A 2-1 loss isn't a disaster in my opinion. It just happened at a bad time. If Wolf is not ready yet, I'd support a trade involving him only if it improved the goaltending. It still needs to be improved in my opinion. Less than a day left to do anything. I'm not jumping on the Markstrom bandwagon after one decent game. No, I'm not either. I'm going back to him against Minnesota. No questions asked. I'm not. I'm not jumping on bandwagons or whatever. But I'm definitely going back to him against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, this is from Bryce. When the Flames lost Johnny and Matthew at the end of last season, no one thought they'd be even close to a playoff spot this year, but here they are still fighting for a spot in a league that's tougher than hell to get into the playoffs. Tribute to Trilliving and his front office team. Glad the front office group doesn't make decisions emotionally. Replacing two 100-point players would devastate most teams most teams for years, but Trilliving and his team got things done this past summer and put a competitive team on the ice this season, still fighting for a playoff spot, and next season, I believe they'll be much better with some thought tweaking flames fans are calling for true living's head you won't find a harder working smarter gm but good luck emotional flames fans that comes from bryce if it were me now again tree doesn't have a contract for next year and he also has some say as to whether or not he's back next year but if i'm the flames i'm bringing him back i, I absolutely am i know others are uh, against that or, or or disagree and that's fine but yes if it's me uh, I'm bringing Tree back, and and I I still think that there is a decent chance that that does happen. I I I'd like to see him back as the general manager of this team. I'd like to see the whole management group back. If if I'm being perfectly honest, um, this from Johnny. 
I think they should not buy or sell. I would give this group one more year. Hopefully Shillington comes back in form and would like to get another top six forward in the summer. This team's stats seem to be massive outliers. The shot percentage must be at one of the lowest ever in history. The goaltending's been the Achilles heel and Hubie's lack of production. But this team competes hard night in and night out. They outchance and outshoot almost every team. If they were just at the league averages for goals, shot, and save percentage, they would be leading this division. If they trade guys like Toffoli, Lindholm, or Hannafin, who are they going to replace them with? They have eight expiring contracts next year. If next year is the same, then that would be the time to blow it up and sell. But I'm leery about blowing it up this year. I'm certainly not suggesting that they blow it up. Um... This says, Pat, just thinking, don't expect the Flames to do much tomorrow, but if I had a day at this point, don't sell or buy um, and maybe just add to the Wranglers. Uh, well, the Wranglers are a good team this year. Neil says, uh, how many one-goal losses have they had? How many posts have they hit this year? How many bad goals have they given up at crucial times? The margin of error between where they are now and being comfortably in a playoff spot is so small, I don't understand why everyone wants to blow it up. If you can get great value on a guy that only has a year left, fine, but I have no doubt they'll be better next year if they don't trade anyone significant tomorrow. Look at how much better Coleman is this year compared to last. There's no reason to think who and Kadri won't do the same. That's from Neil. And Neil, that's kind of where I am. I'm not trying to blow it up. In my opinion, that's not where I think they should go. Uh, if you can trade somebody with a year left on their deal and get a great return for it, I think that you can. It's not about replacing. If you're talking about replacing them, I think you can use the assets that you get in a crazy market where you're getting insane prices and great assets back as the team trading away the roster player you can use those assets to do something on the fly in the offseason that's how I'm looking at it right now um, this says in my opinion they had a big change up in the offseason and just have not been able to put the pieces together this year they have a great team they haven't moved anything all season because on paper everyone should be doing better including the goalies I think Take this last 20 and work out some of the frustrations and go from there next year. Don't fire sale. Just accept that this year was a write-off. Uh, what else we got here at 960, 960? Uh, this from Mandeep, uh, Mandeep and P.K. Beaufort. Um, P.K. Liquor Beaufort. Uh, hope you're doing amazing. Markstrom looked great tonight and locked in. I just don't get Setter. I'm the biggest fan and love him, but how does he play the fourth line again? The top line... Um, 9 to 11 times that I personally saw against the top line, 9 to 11 times that I personally saw on home ice. It's brutal. He's getting outcoached, and in all honesty, Lucic needs to sit and plug in Richie on the fourth. This team is killing me, and I don't get the most simple, easy line matchups he just doesn't make. It's so frustrating. On the first goal, Marner was half asleep and walked around Lucic on the point, and they scored. I'm telling you, get rid of Backlund tonight while his value's high. The guy's too slow, uh, and he's playing good right now. He's having an incredible season, and he's not – I don't think he's too slow. He's been one of their best players all year, Mandy. I, I, I'm not looking to move out Backland Again, if somebody comes calling and the offer is great, I think, of course, you have to at the very least consider it. Um – this says, I don't have an issue with the Flames trading a player or two away for the right price, but the prices that have happened won't be the same. As great as the upcoming draft is alleged to be, there really aren't any contenders that have that first-round pick. Moving a current player with one more year under contract for a pick two or three years down the road doesn't make sense. Um, 
And you know what? My point is more that you can use those things in the offseason to go out and, and get other pieces. Uh, and finally from Kevin in Calgary, while I think Flames have played well this week versus top teams, it's too bad they won't make the playoffs given they have not shown up versus lower-tier teams. Too bad that poor goaltending and lack of scoring has resulted in this disappointing season. There you go at 960-960. Great stuff on the text line tonight. Appreciate it as always. This is your Flames Talk postgame show. It's Steinberg with you as we continue along and get back to the phone lines. 403-240-4444. Don't forget Flames Talk's available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jose, you're up next. What's going on? Hey, Pat and Mano. Oh, man. This has been a tough ride, buddy. Tough <laughs> ride. Oh, man. I, I, I want to try to be as, as concise on my, on my call as I can. It just it just You get so emotional. You get so caught up in everything that's going on. And, man, it is hard. And I'll tell you something. We got the easy part here, man. We're on the outside. Try being in tree living shoes tonight. Yeah. I mean, this guy's... This guy's got to make decisions that are going to change the future of, of this team for the next few years, man. And, you know, the big thing is, is I I don't know what the deal is on why he hasn't resigned. The only thing that I can guess, and this is just me taking wild shots on dartboard, I don't know if he's got all the autonomy in the world to make some of these decisions. No, and, I can tell you that he does. I, that, that's not a worry. Um, he, he has the autonomy to make the, the hockey ops moves. Um, the the reason why he hasn't signed, well, I think that there's I, I I from what I understand and and what I know about the situation, um, there there have been talks throughout the year. Um, remember, there's more than one person or one side involved in a contract negotiation, yep. right? Like so so I think if you're Brad Tre Living, you also you're also looking for you know your side of it, right? Yep. So um, yeah, I I think that the um, I, to the point about the autonomy, I, I think he has the autonomy. I, I really do hope so, because that, that Huberto signing to me looks more and more like an upper management push for him to, to sign that contract rather than him. Because the one thing, okay, the one thing about tree living that I've always noticed, the guy's got an incredible business acumen. Now, that call earlier about him not being a but come on. Like, some of these calls that some of these people have make me shake my head, man. Jesus, frustrate me. But, like... A spade is a spade, and Tree Living is a sharp businessman, and you can see it with the contracts that he signed. He never overpaid for players like Marner and Matthews and, and Tavares. Like he never signed these massive contracts and put these the, his team in a in that cap crunch that that some other organizations have been in because they've signed these high ticket players. And I mean, they're 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 great players, and they're and they're playing up to their value, but they haven't won anything either, right? So it's like. It's it's the balance, and now with this trade deadline, Pat, they gotta sell. They they have to move at least a couple of pieces. I mean, a team like Boston would love a guy like Lucic, but what about a team like Dallas? You know, Dallas is gonna be in a dogfight to even win the division. They just got Domi today, and they've got significant cap constraints. So Dallas is a little bit of a more difficult place. Yeah, but Calgary can eat a part of the part of the cap. Part of the cap hit if they take them. You know what yeah, I mean? I, if, I, if I think, they get a good think, piece back. I think Dallas is capped out now. Yeah, but I mean, it's not the only team. Like, I mean, like, I'm, I'm looking at even a team like Colorado. A, t- a team like Colorado. Yeah, Dallas is uh, Dallas is $455,000 of cap space. Yeah. Colorado's got $142,000. <laughs> so there's, 
I mean, I, like, I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there that there's teams that could be interested in a guy like Lucic. There's teams that could be interested yeah, I, I in a guy like Zadorov. Crazy. I, I don't think that it's crazy to think that you could potentially find a taker for Lucic. I don't think you're getting much uh, in terms of uh, of a return. Um, but I think that there, there, you could, you could potentially get a uh, a late round pick for him. Um, well, right now we have we have the benefit that that uh, Shillington's contract is going to come off because they're going to put him on LTIR, correct? Uh, they can put him on LTIR. Whether or not they will, I mean, they don't need to if they don't go and add anybody. Okay, so they don't need to. They don't need to, to free up cap space and maybe take on some trades where where they can, you know, eat more of the more of the cap. Well, you're saying more. like you're saying like them being a, a play like go get a, a bad contract to help them in that regard. Yeah, like go get a bad contract so they can get some higher picks. See, the thing is, this draft, Pat, we're in a unique window of time. And that this is an upcoming draft where the chips that you got on the table are worth a lot more than they've been in the past. So teams they are could, valuing it, them it more. Feels, it feels like that's the case for sure. Right? And so if, if there's ever a time for you to have a bad season, hey, maybe right now is the time. Maybe it's not the, the worst thing in the world to have kind of a bad season where you're on the cusp when you've got a really good draft coming up. Either one of two things. You can pick up some good guys that are going to be good feeders in your organization and could turn into what you need in the future, or they could turn into assets that you can use to move and flip to get the player that you want in the offseason, what you've been talking about, right? The fact of the matter is that this team has to have the stones. They need to suck it up and say, listen, this is, what, this is what's happening. We're not in the playoffs right now. The chances of us being in the playoffs is mathematically very difficult because, yeah, we have the easiest schedule in the, in the, in the, in the league or whatever you want to call it. Newsflash, we've been terrible against the bad teams. Yes. Terrible against the bad teams. So that doesn't play us any favor. If anything, it's just going to be more of a crux for us because what's going to happen, we, 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 just, we play like dog shirt with, the, with these bad teams and it's just, it's just frustrating for this organization not to have the stones to say, listen. Like, I mean, I look at, like, Armstrong in, in St. Louis. Hey, accepting it, right? Who's, who's the, the GM in McClellan in, in, in Washington? Yeah, and then, nope. and then Nashville would be the other one. David Poyle's making moves. Like, these guys are accepting the truth. They're accepting the reality, and they're making the moves to make sure that they're in a good position in the long term. And, and I think mean, the Flames could still do that, whether or not we've got to start to wrap up here, but yeah. whether or not they do – I don't know. Uh, I, they, they've got that opportunity in front of them, though. It's uh, in front of them. And if, if it doesn't happen, Pat, then I think that Bradtree Living is going to leave. If it doesn't happen in, 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 this, in this deadline, I think something's tying his hands. That's just my guess. And if Sutter comes in and Sutter's the GM of this organization, I don't I'm canceling my season tickets. I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm not watching this so. organization for a I don't, long time. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't think that's going to happen. Well, and there's, there's rumblings of that suspicion. If... if Tree where? is out, and where, Sutter where comes in there, as our where, GM. Where, this where this organization is, is garbage. Like Jose, where are those rumblings? You're just, nah, you're just getting, things you're, I've you're, been hearing. You're, wh- from where? Yeah, from the depths of the Twitterverse and just rumblings, and then you know. You always you always go on these tangents based on things that I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so let's not do that tonight. 
Well, I, just, go, I, I hope it's not a reality. Let's go for hot and sour soup, and, and, and we'll hang out soon. I'm having a little bit of soup right now, a little seafood soup. You should come over, buddy. <laughs> it's my birthday on Saturday, brother. I'm going to be celebrating it at Rio. All right. So we're going to have a good time on Saturday, buddy. All right, buddy. Get out of here. We'll talk soon. Okay, good night, buddy. Thanks, Jose. 2-1, your final score. Flames fall to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, next up, Trav. Hello, Travis. How are we doing? Oh, bad. I've been better, man. This is horrible. This season is just horrible. Um, it's just hockey. It's just hockey. Oh, it's hockey, but man, we're seriously in, invested in the team, right? So I know. I'm just um, it's, um, it's, been a, it's been a frustrating season. It, I get it. It uh, this team's not making the playoffs. No chance. <laughs> Everyone won tonight. They lost again. I don't see them like. Yeah, they're in even tough. If they I mean, the the odds are very much stacked in their favor to get in. Sorry, um, stacked against yeah. their favor to get in. Yeah, like now, we you, have 24. Do you want him to still go out and buy tomorrow? Well, I think they missed that chance because I feel like a lot of the big names are gone. Um, I, like, Your boy Besser is still like, out there. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I would trade for him for sure because I think I would move. And, and it's kind of funny because a couple of weeks ago I was saying we, we should maybe consider moving Monahan, and you were all over me for it, but now you're – no, you Monahan? think that's okay, possibly. Who, no, no, Monahan? sorry. I meant to Hannafin. I apologize. You know? Uh, now, now you're okay with moving Hannafin. You weren't a couple weeks ago. Yeah, things have changed for sure. And I'm not, again, I'm not I'm not trying to move him like you are. Like, you're trying to run him out of town. I'm saying if you get an extremely good deal for him, then I think you have to, at the very least, consider it. That's all I'm saying. And I've said that about Zadorov um, and and Toffoli. I mean, right now, they're, they're probably not going to go to the playoffs. Could they do it? I mean, yeah, crazier things have happened, but the odds are not in their favor to go. And so, if you look at things honestly and you objectively, intellectually honestly, uh, look at where your team sits, uh, yeah, I think that there's reason to think about I'm not selling for the sake of selling, but I'm also maybe a little less uh, hasty to hang the phone up. So if somebody comes and offers me an incredible package for Hannafin, then, yeah, I'm a little bit more open to it than than perhaps I would have been a few weeks ago. And also, you're just saying you're, you're trying to trade. You've been trying to just trade Hannafin. You want him out of here. I'm not trying to run him out of town. I'm just saying that if there's a crazy deal out there for Hannafin or Backlund or Toffoli or Zadorov or any number of players, I think at the very least you have to listen. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, listen, no, I think – Man, I'm so frustrated. We start the season. We need a we need a top six right winger from day one. We know this. The, the GM doesn't make a move. We need a defenseman. We lose Shillington before the season starts. We've needed a defenseman all year. <laughs> Michael Stone's a good six seven, but I don't think he's a regular number six in the NHL. Now we're running Gilbert out there, who's not a number six. So we've had holes all season. You make big moves in the off season, but you do nothing. This team's done nothing this year. They've needed help all year. Their power play's been so-so. They've had 24 one-goal losses. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it, Pat. This team's all in. You make those kind of big moves and sign players to big contracts, and you have glaring holes that we've talked about for the whole season. So why have done but- nothing about it. What, why'd they have to do it this season, I guess, would be, like, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, uh, my rebuttal would be, they didn't go out and 
um, make the moves they made this summer for this season only, right? So I, I don't, in my opinion, I don't think that they needed to put every single egg into this season's basket. And I feel like you're a little bit more there, and that's fine. Um, but I, I just I don't think that they needed to do that. And, I, and just, so, I just think when you make those moves and you have two glaring holes like we, we've had all season, wouldn't this team be a lot better? I know Pelche's done great. I, I love the way he's played. I don't know, Trav. I don't know. I don't know if the moves that you're talking about with the way Huberto has played, with the way Kadri's played, with the way Markstrom has played, um, with the way Lindholm has played. I don't think that these glaring holes that you're talking about have they filled them. I, I don't really know if this would be a markedly better team because the the core issues have nothing to do with guys who aren't here or holes that they have on their team. The core issues are, in in my opinion, um, come from the fact that their best players have not been their best players. Their best players have not driven the bus. They had a Vesna Trophy runner-up goaltender who had a great game against Toronto, absolutely, but has been you know, has has had a massive swing in terms of being one of the best starting goalies in the NHL to one of the worst starting goalies in the NHL this year, just based fully on statistics. And goaltending as a whole has swung dramatically. And Huberto had 115 points this uh, last year. He's going to finish with like, I don't know, 50 this year. Um, Kadri has has really dropped off of late, and and that hasn't been, he has not been the consistent driver he needs to be. Lindholm may lead this team in scoring when it's all said and done, but he has not been the same type of two way driver he was last year. So those are the reasons why they are where they are, not because they didn't go out and get another third pairing defenseman, not because they didn't have that right wing guy. That's my that's that's how I see it, Travis. I mean, you may see it differently. If, if you have I, one I more skill. I don't think Sorry. that one more guy that you're talking about changes a whole lot this year. I, I disagree with you. I think if you have a 30-goal scorer on the right wing of the second line, Ooh. all those Who, guys could be having a better score. Who's this 30-goal score? Um, there's people – well, whatever. Sorry. Maybe a 25-goal score, 20-goal score. Who? We've, we've had there's, – there's players out there, Pat. I, I like um, – I don't even know what say Mitch Schmaltz, someone like that. You guys have talked about it today. There's 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 many different players out there. There's been how many trades you in think, the last you think Nick Schmaltz, You think Nick Schmaltz turns this into a playoff team and, and the issues that they've had no, all are I'm all magically if you, solved? If you, had a, if you had a skilled winger that can score and, and bring some skill to the second line throughout the season. Um, a second line winger is what this team is is, is what this team is away from. Well, well Huberdo's had the biggest drop off. He needs someone to play with. Cadre's had a drop off. You need they need another player to play with them. When Edmonton rolls out, they're rolling out six high skilled players. So okay, so three, great. We have three uh, five million dollar players on the third line. I just don't know where you're you're expecting to find these guys. That's that's all. I'm well, saying. I don't know. Like we don't we didn't have the assets to get a Timo Meyer. We didn't have the assets to get a Chicken. Like we like it. Not not all the prices were super through the roof. Well, I mean, Chikrin, there's no, I don't, I don't think they were getting Chikrin because they wouldn't uh, have been able to. Ottawa got Chikrin at the rate they did because they were able to bring him in without Arizona eating salary. So you can't even compare uh, well, what don't, Calgary could have given up. Well, well, don't we have, we have what almost four million in cap space? How we much do they have committed to next season, Trav? Yeah, but like you said, you can make other moves. You could you could bring in Chicken and move Hannafin right now at this deadline. And maybe it's not just Hannafin. It could be Zadorov. 
It could be possibly Tanev even. Like, what would Tanev get you? I know he's solid, but he's, you're all he's over the place. a little bit older. You're, you're now, you're no, now no, saying I'm, trade I'm away just, players. The only people that are untouchable on this team for me is Lindholm, um, Rasmus Anderson, and, and Dubé. And clearly Kadri, Uyghur, and Huberto aren't going anywhere. So that's your core. Anyone besides that is tradable to me. Honestly. I don't. I don't even. I'm not even saying that's. I don't even disagree with that necessarily. I just now we're talking about selling players, and you were just getting mad because they didn't add players. That's what I'm saying. You're all over the place. Well, well, well what do you do now? It's, this team's not going to make the playoffs, and even if they do, they're not going to do anything. So yeah, you you need to improve this team. You're always taking your cues from your team. Well, if you're taking the cues from the team, this team needs help, and they need a change. They need this team. This team's not going to win. It's not. This franchise isn't going to win. Under Brad Tree Living, we've made the playoffs four times in the last eight years. We're a mediocre team with mediocre prospects. And and the GM's been here for nine or ten years, man. I'm just I'm just sick of it, Pat. Like, I'm a diehard Flames fan. This team won't do anything. We've won a couple of rounds under Tree Living. That's it. He's been yeah, here nine I, years. <laughs> and maybe have, he's not back. I, I don't know. We have mediocre prospects. Yeah, I mean they've got they've got a couple decent prospects, but it's not the the greatest prospect pool in the world. Trav, I I feel your pain, man. I do. I gotta um, move on. You know, but we, I, we I, feel, a... I feel no, Trav. Come on, it's almost ten minutes, so uh, I feel yeah. your pain. I I just I don't think like on the one hand you're talking about these existential huge problems, and on the other you're saying Nick Schmaltz would have put them into first place in the Pacific. I, I get, it. It doesn't. It well, doesn't no, I think you got to make a bigger move, but but. But I don't even know at this point. We just well, needed some help in this point. I don't either. It's been that type of season. <laughs> yeah, like it's just crazy to think that we're here. But I know, I know, don't... I know that 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 and Trav, we got to move on. But yeah, uh, yeah, I... it is it is Thanks, been buddy. that type of year. Good to hear from you, brother. We'll probably talk on Saturday. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Bye. And that will uh, wrap things up on our Flames Talk post-game show on the phone lines tonight. Wrap things up on Flames Talk on the text line as well. Great stuff from everybody and uh, great stuff on the phone lines. Great stuff on the text line. Always appreciated. Wish we could have been talking about more wins, but, um, well, it's it's been that type of year. And it's not done. There's 20 games to go. They're five points out of a playoff spot. They're they're in a tough spot. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're, in, a, they're in a difficult situation, and... There, there's an uphill climb, but there's still 20 games to go, 40 points on the table, and we'll see what the Flames can do in those final 20. Uh, they've got a biggish game. It's, it's not as big as maybe we thought it was going to be, but we got, we, we've got a big game coming up for the Flames on Saturday against the Minnesota Wild. It's time for your final summary on this Thursday night. The Flames open the scoring at 2.32 of the first period. A Blake Coleman breakaway shorthanded goal made it 1-0 Calgary. Coleman's four 14th, unassisted, shorthanded, and it was 1-0 Calgary after 20 minutes of play. In the second period, Toronto ties it, though, on Mitch Marner's 21st of the season. Marner from Austin Matthews and David Kampf at 7:36, and just like that, it was 1-1, and that was your score after 40 minutes of play. Early in the third period, Toronto takes their first lead of the game. 
and it's Callie Yarncroke, the former Flame, jamming in a puck at the side of the net. Yarncroke gets his 13th of the year from Morgan Riley and William Nylander to give Toronto their first lead. Made it 2-1 at 2.20 of the third period, and they'd go on to win by that same 2-1 score, and they hold the Flames to just five shots in period number three. Final shots, 34-26 Toronto. Both teams 0 for 2 on the power play in this one tonight. Three stars tonight, number three, Callie Yarncroke, number two, Jacob Markstrom, and number one, Mitch Marner with the loss. Calgary Falls to 27-22 and 13. They're back in action Saturday at home to Minnesota, while Toronto improves to 38-15 and 8. They're back in action Saturday on the road in Vancouver. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk post-game show. That's our final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Peter Labardius, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Jeff Mason, for our reporter, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer, Azam Nanji. My name is Pat Steinberg. Yeah, that'll wrap us up on a Flames Talk post-game, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And it's coming at you from the Doug Lacey Space Systems Hot Stove Lounge. If you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings, contact them today for a free estimate. For all things basementy, visit dlbasementsystems.com. Next up for Calgary, as we mentioned, is Saturday night when they welcome the Minnesota Wild. It is an 8 o'clock face-off right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan, which means we'll be on the air at 7 o'clock with your Calgary Flames warm-up. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Enjoy trade deadline coverage on Friday. Final score from the Scotiabank Saddle Dome tonight. Flames fall 2-1 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show wherever you get your podcasts. And this has been Alpine Credits Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is CFAC 960 AM, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. A Rogers Sports and Media Radio Station. Flames Radio is only on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Thanks for listening. Sportsnet.ca slash 960 has games and times for the next Flames Radio broadcast. This is a copyright broadcast. No retransmission, streaming, recording, or copying of the broadcast in any way is allowed without the permission of the Calgary Flames Hockey Club and Sportsnet. 960. Calgary's home for the Flames and the National Hockey League is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.